This is Jeff Standridge, and this is the Innovation Junkies Podcast. If you want to drastically improve your business, learn proven growth strategies, and generate sustained results for your organization, you've come to the right place. Over the next half hour, we're going to be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and tips that you can use to grow your business, no matter the size, no matter the industry, and no matter the geography. Weekly, we'll bring in a top mover and shaker, someone who's done something unbelievable with his or her business, and we'll dig deep. We'll uncover specific strategies, tactics, and tools that they've used to help you achieve your business goals. Welcome to the Innovation Junkies Podcast. Hey guys, if you're looking to put your business on the fast track to achieving sustained strategic growth, this episode is sponsored by the team at Innovation Junkie. To learn more about our Growth DX, go to innovationjunkie.com backslash growth DX. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, Jeff Standards here. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. Hey Jeff. Hey, how are you, man? Glad to be I, back. Yeah, me too. If I was any better, I'd have to be twins. Too much good, too much good for one person to enjoy. That's right. <laughs> well, what are we going to talk about today? I, th I think we're going to hit some things about, uh, you know, seven key components that makes innovation work, right? No, actually, we're not. We're going to talk about the seven key ingredients of strategic growth. <laughs> See, it helps when you read the notes ahead of time, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that, well, they're getting a just, double bonus. I was, just, I was just testing you there. <laughs> This is a bon this they're getting an extra bonus here today and it's a a comedy bonus. That's it. That's it. Well, listen, in all seriousness though, talk about some of what Tony Jerry had said about strategic acceleration. I think there's three key pieces to that. Yeah, we've really taken what uh Tony Jerry said in in uh regarding strategic acceleration in his book of the same title and we've really adapted that somewhat and and use it pretty consistently is that there are basically three uh, uh, predicates that really need to exist for for strategic growth to 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 um, to occur, and that's number one, clarity. You know, and that's the ability to get absolutely crystal clear about where you're going as an organization, who you are as an organization, uh, the desired outcomes that you want your organization to achieve. Once you get crystal clear about wh who you are and where you're going. Then you, you, you build a laser-like uh, guidance system. We call it focus. So clarity, focus, uh, laser-like guidance system that helps you to avoid distractions and to concentrate on those highest leverage activities that are going to help you get where you want to get. And then ultimately, uh, clarity, focus, and execution. Execution really is the ability to uh, effectively deploy or redirect resources based upon the desired outcomes you said you want to achieve. And uh, it, it, the execution component is kind of a test as well. If you're really not committed to deploying or redeploying resources, then perhaps you're really not committed to the strategic growth plan that's been created. Yeah, it's, it's so important. And, and, then, and then it all kind of segues into the idea of the key components at, from our point of view of building a strategic growth plan. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of those? Yeah, first of all, you know, we believe that strategic growth planning is an exercise in subtraction. It's not an exercise in addition. So we say no three ring binders allowed, uh, no two inch thick stacks of paper that we put in a binder and throw on the shelf and pull it out 11 months later to see how we've done. We actually build a very real, very uh, clear, uh, very catalytic type of strategic growth plan uh, that starts with 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 mission. Uh, you know, and you and I talk a lot about what, why does an organization exist? Uh, what's their purpose? What do they do? And why do they exist? It describes uh, ideally from the perspective of the customer or key stakeholders. 
uh, why they exist. And we spend a lot of time on that, trying to sort that out. And, and, it, and it combines what they do every day to ultimately realize, you know, the outcomes that they want. But it also answers the why question, as Simon right. Sinek would say. Why, why are you here, for sure? That's right. What's you next? Know, once we get the once we get them crystal clear on their mission, and, and by the way, an organization's mission doesn't change very often, uh, you know, at least at its core. Uh, they may go through three or four or five strategic growth planning exercises over a period of 10 or 15 years, and that mission may only receive a tweak or two. What really changes from one time period to the other is this, is this concept of vision, and that is a specific point in the future, uh, a destination, usually three to five years out, and most of the organizations we work with are, are tech, tech-enabled, or in the healthcare space, and we generally say no more than five years, usually in that three to five-year time frame. But it's a specific destination that they aspire to achieve and or to arrive at with their organization. Um, and, and we like to, to make sure that they understand that the keys to articulating a quality vision is that it's, number one, aspirational. They're not there yet, but it's a place that they want to, to achieve. It's time-bound. Uh, it's inspirational. And it has absolute clarity. And it speaks to the idea of starting with the end in mind, so to speak. It does. I mean, if you you can work your way back if you understand what that North Star and what that vision really is to fill in the blanks as to how you're going to get there. That's but right. what comes next? So, so we so we define a mission. We've got the our, the vision articulated. What do we take the companies through next? Typically? Well, if organizations just unabashedly go after their mission and their vision and they don't think about the people that are involved in the process, then uh, they'll get off track pretty pretty quickly. So we like to talk about the behavioral compass or the uh, uh, behavioral guardrails that keep the organization's culture in check, the core values or the shared values, as they're sometimes called. Uh, these, are these, as I said, serve as that, as that behavioral compass for how we're going to behave and how we're going to treat each other in the organization as we execute that mission, as we pursue, relentlessly even pursue that uh, aspirational vision. They are, they are the values that we believe so deeply as an organization that they impact not only our individual behavior, but they impact our collective behavior as well. Usually three to five to seven, probably maximum core values. And again, these are things that have to be really internally defined and internalized because they can't be marketing veneer. That's right. It can't be what you believe you ought to put up on the wall. It's got to be a culture that is mutually held by everyone that's involved in that process. That's right. And, 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 I, and I would even say that if your employees cannot recite them upon demand uh, or upon request, then they're really not core values because I do what I believe and I know what I believe and I can tell you what I believe. And if I can't tell you what they are, they're not impacting my behavior. Well, and all this is is either cultural documentation, cultural renewal or cultural reinvigoration. And it's super important because it's attributed to Deming, who knows whether he actually said it, that that uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Well, you've got to you've got to align culture and strategy, and core values are a key component of that. That's sure. right. That's right. But you know, for the rest what of next? the 
yeah, for the rest of that strategic growth plan, we've got our mission, vision, values in place. The rest of it really pivots around that vision of that destination that we've uh, that we've identified three to five years out that we aspire to arrive at. Uh, and from there, we say, okay, then what must we accomplish over that same time frame? So if it's a three-year vision, then what are the long-term targets that we must accomplish in that same time frame for that vision to become a reality? Many organizations will call these strategic objectives or strategic initiatives or strategic goals. We like to refer to them as long-term targets because it creates this visual of an archer who's standing in front of a bullseye with the, with the bow drawn back, and he or she lets go of that arrow, and that arrow either hits the bullseye or it doesn't. It either hits the target or it doesn't. And so a long-term target is written uh, in a very binary fashion of we're going to, we must accomplish this, 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 and this in order for that vision to become a reality over the same time frame. And then you make that realizable over the, the first 12 months of the plan by having really good short-term goals. And it, Go ahead and talk a little bit more. No, about yeah, that. you're you're exactly right. Uh, if I've got a three year uh, vision and uh, and I know what my long term targets are over that same time frame, if I don't get a third of the way there in the first twelve months, I'm behind. I'm off track. And so you're exactly right. Those short term goals, sometimes called tactical objectives, uh, in in some strategic plans. Uh, if those short-term goals are not accomplished, we're off track. So we establish, again, three to five to seven, uh, depending on the size of the organization, short-term goals uh, that, that enable us to, uh, to make the greatest degree of progress possible in those 12 months. You know, there, there's some, some semantic uh, changes or differences on this, but some people will talk about objectives and key results. Mm -hmm. What we typically do is we take those long-term targets, the short-term goals, and then KPIs, key performance mm -hmm. indicators, to philosophically meet the same thing that people would call OKRs, objectives and key results. So talk a little bit about KPIs and why they're important. Yeah, key performance indicators or KPIs. You know, I, I like to talk about the fact that, a, that an income statement or a profit and loss statement, or if you're in a large nonprofit, a statement of income and expenses, you got to have that. It's usually produced, you know, five to 10, sometimes 15 days into the following month that it's reporting on. So if I were to ask for a report today, uh, which is uh, um, for, for uh, uh, a statement of income and expenses or an income statement, I would probably get one that ended July. Uh, but we're already into the month of August. And so it's a rear view mirror view. KPIs really provide that dashboard view. How's my engine coolant or, or my engine temperature? How's my oil pressure? How's my gas gauge? What's my speedometer telling me? And so those KPIs are really focused on what are the things that fuel your economic engine that you need to be looking at on a daily, weekly, or, or some perhaps on a monthly basis, but you can look at them and make adjustments in real time. And they track directly to uh, the fulfillment of your goals, your long-term targets, and your, and your vision as well. You know, when we get through this process with our clients, we're not done, right? And typically that translates into this idea of an execution plan that's got resources assigned and work streams and all of that. Why is that so important to, to anyone that's going to go through a strategic growth planning exercise? Well, you and I both have seen many, many instances where, as I said earlier, strategic plan is created and then it's put on a shelf and we pull it out in 11 months to, to see how we did. Uh, hope is actually a strategy in that instance, right? We hope that we achieve that plan. Uh, well, we believe hope is not a strategy and, and uh, uh, actually wrapping around specific work streams, 
assigning accountabilities to those work streams, those work streams being tied directly to the fulfillment of that vision, uh, and then making sure that all of that lines up. I like to talk about it as a, as a top-down mechanism of planning to enable bottoms-up management. I think you pretty well covered it, Jeff. That's right. And, uh, you know, interestingly, this document, we have one more component as well. We call our brand promise or tagline, and it's probably the most optional of any of those things. But there are some organizations that can encapsulate uh, their strategy, their culture, and their organization in a single uh, phrase, uh, which can be a marketing slogan or a tagline, a brand promise, which is actually uh, what clients expect from you when they come into contact with you. Uh, the prototypical example is Walmart's, you know, uh, was it low prices live better or save money, live better? Save, save money, live better. You know, that's the that's the mantra of the tagline, but the whole statement, which ties back to their unique value proposition, their mission, their purpose is save money and live better through everyday low pricing delivered by the world's most efficient supply chain. Exactly. So it's, you go from large to small, but it's very memorable. Everyone in the world remembers save money and live better. And, and, it, and it does truly encapsulate the entirety of their strategy and, their, and where they're trying to go as an organization and the culture that they're building to get there. You know, there's actually a document uh, on the Innovation Junkies website uh, called The Seven Key Ingredients to Strategic Growth. Uh, we'd love for uh, all the listeners to download that and, and ping us if you have any questions. Good stuff. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, thank you, guys. This has been another bonus episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. We'll see you next time. Hey, folks, this is Jeff Amrine. We want to thank you for tuning in. We sincerely appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the Innovation Junkies podcast, please do us a huge favor. Click the subscribe button right now and please leave us a review. It would mean the world to both of us. And don't forget to share us on social media.